Are you ready? Are you ready? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. All right. One of these deals. And it feels, feels weird. All right. Here we go. Should probably run a clock, but whatever. You sure you're ready for this? I'll do my best. Your best? Losers always whine about their best. Winners go home and f*** the prom queen. The best soccer show, the best soccer show in the whole world. Here we go, best soccer show, backheel.com, Jason Davis, Jared Dubois, not live, almost said live, we are not live. We're live to each other. We are live and in effect or something. We are, are you tired of talking about FIFA yet? No, you know what, no, and, and here's the thing, I've got a... Uh, I've got a radio hit lined up in Boston tomorrow morning. I'm sure it'll still be a discussion when I do soccer morning on Monday. It's just it. I, I don't think I'll ever be tired of it because you're you're a man of TV of radio <laughs> hits now. It just it, it's a it, it's yeah. I feel like you're too big time for me. Well, these days. no, definitely not too big time. First of all, the TV. I we'll, we'll talk about the TV I did, which I was happy to do. It was cool. It was a cool experience, but it was uh. We'll, we'll talk about it. We'll put it in this proper context. But somebody on Twitter said something to me. That is absolutely 100% true. I wish I could remember who said it because they deserve credit. They said the biggest benefactors of the whole FIFA scandal are soccer bloggers and writers and journalists because all of a sudden there's people that would care about reading about yeah, it. Yeah, all of a sudden there's a bunch of people who uh, who need new uh, need knowledgeable voices on soccer, and so everybody is. Getting- oh, and trust me, Jason. They need it. Have you heard oh, some of the the coverage that's out there right now from just regular sports people and regular journalists? Yeah, last week uh, our, boy, our boy Robert in L.A. shared with me a screenshot of something some L.A. network was doing where they were trying to explain the various competitions, and it was just... So bad. It was and just even so even bad. just like listen to people like Mike and Mike and like other there's like, there's I don't know, I did not just to focus on them but there's all sorts there's a million of those types of shows that it's sports talk radio and we talk about maybe when the World Cup comes around we talk about this a little bit and it's just be careful what you ask for when you yeah. say you really want this country's media to to cover soccer. Well, I mean, we want them to cover it, but we want them to learn about it. I mean, that stuff takes time. I mean, I I don't, I don't like. It's funny to laugh at them, but give them credit for covering it. Let's, would you rather them just not pretend it doesn't doesn't exist? I, I tell you, I saw lots more coverage. I was just a little behind the curtain. I was in Canada when when this dropped. I was Ooh. up in Vancouver, and I could tell you that I saw way more coverage about this the day after it broke in. Uh, the U.S. when I finally got down to Seattle than I ever did the day it was actually happening in Vancouver. That's interesting. Uh, well, the hockey playoffs are going on. I mean, the the um, the Canucks are out, but you know, you would think that they would have some time for that. Interesting. And they the women's it was interesting all together because there was I, I walked around, I was in Vancouver for two days and I went everywhere around that city. I didn't see one advertisement for the Women's World Cup. Really? And not, I even walked it by a Nike store. Nothing. Wow. I'm shocked by that. I, well, I drove stunned. by BC Place twice, and there's nothing out in front of it. That's amazing. I don't understand yeah, that. I, at and all. It, this was what? This was last Tuesday. Am I too? Am, that's a week and a half. Yeah, no, yeah, half there, there was still. Yeah, it was like ten days or something, or not, or eleven days maybe when you were there. I, I was actually kind of shocked. Now, granted, like you said, maybe everyone's in Canuck mode. Maybe everyone no, was that, in, they're uh, out. in a, a, NHL mode around there. Maybe, but, maybe, man. A, maybe NHL mode, but like I said, the Canucks are out. Duh and or hello. Canada, get your crap together. What the but hell? But BC Canada? Place? I Come know. on. That's, that's where the game's at. And that's where, yeah, that's where the, that's where the, the isn't the final at BC Place? Yeah, they just laid down the new turf there. Oh, I, I heard, I had to hear about that when I got back to the U.S. too. That that's the turf was crazy. That's absolutely crazy. We're not going to go through like, uh, you know, why do you think Seth Blatter got elected again? We're not doing all that. You've heard that a million times. That's probably what I'm going to be doing on Sport Sports Talk Radio tomorrow in Boston. Um, you know, we're going to be here. The the things I want to talk about. Well, I want to get your take on it, Jared. Just in terms of how everything kind of blew up. The the element of Americans suddenly caring about soccer because there's a corruption scandal because it was our people that took down the corrupt individuals. Oh, by the way. <laughs> Jack yeah. Warner, the the best development so far is that Jack Warner made a video, and in in that video he he talks about the conspiracy to bring him down, and he points to the United States being the uh, being you know part of the conspiracy, and he holds up a, a newspaper as evidence. What newspaper do you think he held up? 
I didn't hear about this. You told me about this. You said it's the Onion. The Onion. He held up a uh, he held up an article from the Onion and used it as proof that people are out to get him. Jack Warner is amazing. He's, He's probably amazing. not the first person to do that, though, right? Well, he everybody have, has that friend on Facebook that links an onion piece. Yeah, he's thinking not, that he's not it's the a real piece. He's not the first person to believe an onion article to take it as as fact, but he might be the first person under uh, you know uh, under arrest for corruption charges who used it as part of his defense. Now, yeah, so it, someone on his team must have known. That was sitting next to him, right? That <laughs> no. he had printed that out. No. By the way, I haven't watched it. Uh, I'm, I'm pulling it up right now. I want to see. I've heard about it. I haven't had a chance to watch it. I've been crazy busy. I want to see what it looks like. I, I don't know if we should play the audio. Maybe we can talk over it until it gets to the point. But Well, while you're waiting to cue that up, how quickly have you gone from proud that we as Americans are the ones that finally stepped up and did something about this to somewhat trepidatious regarding or trepidation regarding now that sub has been reelected about uh, fallout. Well, okay. I, I am the type of person who thinks you go after corruption regardless of what the consequences are going to be. By the way, that's what U.S. soccer said. That's what Sunil Gala, I give him credit for this. Number one, they stepped out and they said, we're going to vote for Prince Ali. And number two, when, in, when the vote went the wrong way and God damn it, everybody knew it was going to go the wrong way. Yeah, you know, Galati said, you know, whatever the ramifications are, it's more important to clean up FIFA and to, to take, you know, and, and to fix the governance of the game than it is to play the politics and maybe get a, a get a World Cup or, or get a tournament. And I agree with him. So while I'm, well, it's going to suck because yeah, Blatter's already come out and said that he thinks you know the U.S. was out to get him, et cetera, et cetera, because they can get Sour the World grapes. Cup. Yeah, uh, Blatter's already being a dictator who's taking aim at at the U.S. So that that's bad. Um, but I don't think that that should stop. Yeah, I feel like we're kind of like like we're the dude that told our friend's girl that he's cheating on her. Like, right? Isn't that yeah. the right thing to do? It's the right thing to do. Yeah. But like, it, everyone's like, dude, why, why, why are yeah. you the guy that's that's the, that's salting this guy up? But right. he shouldn't have been cheating on his chick. Right. It's a, and now he's mad at me. Yeah, it's a very good point. By the way, I have. Um, so we got Jack Warner in play here. You mentioned Seth Blatter. And I got just a little bit of audio from his acceptance speech that I have to play because this is great. Oh, and did you feel like he freestyled it the whole of way? Oh, he always does. In English. FIFA, I told you at the beginning or when we started uh, for this uh, election, I like you. I like my job <laughs> and I like to be with you. I'm not perfect. Creepy. Nobody is perfect. But we will do a good job together, I'm sure. So uh, I thank you so much. I thank you for the trust and confidence. Trust and confidence. Together we go. Let's go, FIFA. Let's go, FIFA. Thank you. Thank you so much. Now, he also said... Can, can we just isolate the I want to be with you? Oh, uh, he says that. Uh, there's, there's another one, um, and I'm going to have to find the, I'm gonna have to find the full speech. Because at one point, and they cut it out of that, that version I just had, but at one point he talks about how... Uh, FIFA is a boat, and he is the captain, and he's going to steer the boat offshore, and then we're going to play some beach soccer. Which, Not, obviously, the, 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 let's just talk how this is a great segue into, first of all, Bob Lee, so quick on that. Uh, so quick on that, coming back right out of it, talking about how he just made a metaphor for FIFA being offshore. Yes. And, right. But one of the greatest things that has come out of this in the last week is a platform for showing how badass Bob Lee is as a cover, cover covering soccer oh, yeah. and ESPN s- in general. And it's just one more thing. It's like, oh, do we really have to leave him? Yeah. Did you see him? Did you see him during the actual... The vote was actually supposed to be happening in Zurich. They were doing live coverage on ESPN. I watched it all morning in that, Seattle. It was amazing. Didn't anything to do that morning. Amazing they were doing that. I think it was Craig Burley and... Um, Shaka Hislop. Well, there was somebody else on the set with him at the time. I think it was... Um, I, I can't remember who it was right now. Um, but Oh, Jeremy Schapp. Jeremy Schapp yeah, was Jeremy there. Yeah, Jeremy Schapp was there the whole time. And they're suppo- the, the, he's got the FIFA agenda as published, and they're supposed to be going to the vote. They were dealing with Israel and Palestine, which is a sticky thing we can't get into here. Um, and they decide to go back to something else, and Bob Lee goes, um, they're, they, here, let me show you. And he, sh- and he actually holds up the agenda to the camera, shows where they're supposed to be, and then tears up FIFA's agenda and goes, basically, this is what I think of FIFA's agenda. Because <laughs> they're just, they're, the whole thing is a joke. 
the whole Bob thing Lee is just is so sham. good, man. He's just so good. It, it, I, I love that the outside the line stuff that he does. You know, Jeremy Schapp being a part of that, that same kind of like journalistic integrity that ESPN has when they they give the real journalism angle to soccer, the real journalism respect to soccer. And that's one of the things I really going to miss about ESPN not having the next two World Cups. Well, we think. And we'll see what comes out of how Fox ended up getting their rights. Uh, not to not to slander them, but everything's under question these days, I feel. Yeah. Um I it, it, to me it's just it was great to be able to watch Bob Lee all day long and and, and watch that. And it's just makes me a little bit sad that we're not going to have him over the next two World Cups. But to go back to the uh the sub the sub batter part. Uh-huh. For me, I'm in the camp of, yes, you do the right thing no matter what. It's, the U.S. had to do it. I'm glad the U.S. did it. I'm proud that the U.S., the, the, the country has stepped up and finally did something about it. I think the rest of the world is proud on our behalf. I think we earned a lot of credit despite all the, uh, the, the, the little jabs that are always going to be out there, the easy jokes and be made, the soccer jokes and all this kind of stuff, and the, this, the most U.S. has cared about soccer, whatever. Say what they want. Their country hasn't done anything about it mm-hmm. in how many years, how yeah. many decades. No one else's country has stepped up and tried to do something about it. Now, granted, the U.S. was able to because we have such a financial network here to get uh, basically jurisdiction over, uh, jurisdiction over this. And the most impressive thing to me out of all this is the way that the U.S. will be able to get cooperation out of Switzerland on this. That's the most impressive thing to me. Okay. And Switzerland's going to run an investigation on the uh, voting for 2018 and 2022, so maybe something will come out of that. Um, the, the one thing I'll say, uh, sort of coming back to the notion of the U.S. doing this and nobody else doing it, there are lots of – I don't know if you, if you caught any of this while you were away, Jared, but there are lots of conspiracy theories out there, and I love them all because they're so crazy – so amazing. Have you heard any of these? Which ones? Okay. So one, this is one that uh, that is being pushed pretty hard by a vocal anti-MLS type of person that you might know or uh, you know might be out there that everybody knows. He's, would, he have a, would he have a t-shirt in the backheel.com store? He, he might. He might. That okay. individual might have one. This person believes that this entire thing was orchestrated by MLS and SUM, Soccer United Marketing. They Tell me so they don't have to go on the international calendar. No, no. Because one of the individuals brought down in the sting or in the investigation, and by the way, he pled not guilty when he was Oh, arranged, my God. The NASL CEO? The board chairman of the NASL and president of Traffic Sports USA, Soccer United Marketing's most direct competitor, Aaron Davidson. This is So, so this is, uh, again, this is amazing to me. So Don Garber and... I don't know, the, the owners of MLS, I don't know. Because he's got that poll. They went to the Department of Justice and the FBI and said, we want the, you guys to investigate this and, uh, yeah, take down Aaron Davidson. So, and and so Laura Lynch is like, well, that's cool. I got nothing else to do. Well, it, you know, there's certainly that. But the other thing about it that amazes me is, so what you're telling me is, what, what you're saying is that, that they were pushed into, this was politically motivated or whatever, that was motivated by, by competition. But they are. What, are they making up the charges against it? Like, do you think this whole thing is a so sham? So the same governing body which gave NASL Division Two rights, what four or five years ago, is now so overcome and so worried about the competition that they provide. Now we have to take them down by taking down the top people in FIFA, something like that. Everyone knew traffic was dirty already. That's the best thing about most of this stuff is that all it is is, is validating the things we always felt in the back of our brain. There's another yeah. one. There's another one, by the way, that doesn't involve traffic or NESL. It involves Bill Clinton. Have you heard this one? Oh, please tell me that somehow. Oh, my boy. Tell me how, tell me how my boy uh, okay. like Slick Willie is involved. Well, so remember, Bill Clinton was a major part of the 2022 World Cup bid for the U.S. That was just Morgan Freeman's voice. Right. And, uh, but Bill was that he was there. He was glad handing. Apparently, they had some money invested into getting this, getting a, Might a have been glad fingering. World Cup. <laughs> Hold on. I haven't tried it. Jay Rodius. Uh, so. Because Bill was so invested when the vote went against the U.S. and went to, uh, to Qatar, Bill was extra, ex- exceptionally pissed off. Be- obviously, yeah, literally dropped his white owl. Obviously, because Hillary, Secretary of State in the government, although wh- whatever, obviously she's running for president. Obviously, because of the pull they have, they're the ones that, that sick the FBI on FIFA. But then uh, there was another element of something about uh, the Qataris giving Bill Clinton's foundation money because of the being upset about this. I don't know what the hell's going on anymore. Well, listen, if that was the case, good on him. I mean, if the, that's like saying uh, you, if there's something dirty, you shouldn't do something about it. 
You're supposed to do something about it. Everyone knew coming out of that. Like I said, all this has done is validate all of our suspicions along the way. Mm. We felt as that that Jack Warner and Triple H were dirty before any of this stuff happened. Right. Okay, it validated it. We felt that FIFA was dirty from the top. It validated it. We felt the, the World Cup qualifying uh, bids were dirty. It validates it. If, if We felt traffic was dirty. It validates it. None of this, it, all it is is just making us feel like, God, why didn't we do something sooner? Absolutely. By the way, this this thing is such a movie. It is. It writes. It, I mean, it's writing itself. Oh, wait. What kind of movie? Well, I think it's Matador the movie. I'm gonna come back to that for a second though, because one of the key villains in the in this movie, Jack Warner, who we've already talked about, held up an Onion article as evidence of the U.S. coming after him and making up things. Um, he also okay. So he was arrested, or he was there was a warrant out for his arrest in Trinidad. Uh, eventually they actually did arrest him. They took him to like the Royal, uh, jail of Trinidad because that's a form. Yeah. And he got to stay in the infirmary for the night. He stays in the infirmary. Now, the next day he is taken away from the jail in an ambulance. And the reports say he was suffering from exhaustion. He couldn't answer reporter questions and they released him to the hospital. There wasn't nearly enough money to fan himself with hours later. Like a couple of hours later, he shows up like in his home district because the man's an elected representative on the Parliament of Trinidad. By the way, he, As a, he, yeah, just like Seb Batter, he, elected. He uh, he goes to his district and like has a rally and tells everybody that all of this stuff is lies. So the man is just unbelievable. Like he's got the biggest. Is it wrong for me to say that Jack? Oh, he's going to be the one that takes down Seth Blatter. You realize? Well, that, he's right? also claiming that he's going to do that. So we'll, we'll see. Well, that I, I just love the hatertude. The hatertude involved in all this because Jack Warner is just basically kind of throwing the bait out there to, to anyone listening in the FBI. You think that Sepp doesn't know anything about this? You think I got, where do you think I got all this money right. to hand out? Right. Yeah. Like he's just throwing these little bits of, out. He's chumming the waters right now. Yeah. Somehow someone's going to turn state's evidence. How, how, and how is this? I mean, we got to find the angle here, but I, it's pretty clear that Matador the movie involves some sort of investigation. What country did the, did the figurine come from that had the heart inside it? Uh, I, I thought it was Mexico. Was it Mexico? Or was I it hope it was like, was it was it Peru? Was that the guy that, that got busted? Who's the guy that, that, that got busted in all this from South America? Oh, uh, that was Leon. Le- Leoj, and he's Uruguayan. Was, yeah, was it Uruguayan? Oh, man, if that thing was from Uruguay. Then yeah. we have their tie-in. We, yeah, we, well, I, I think there's, I think there's, pl- I mean, you know, obviously, uh, Tony oh, Bravo. it was Nicaragua. Tony Bravo, yeah, I think it was Nicaragua. Tony Bravo. Playing hot dogs and donuts with two fangirls in the locker room. He he was infiltrating the L.A. riot uh, for to uncover this other bigger, you know, what whatever. New world order. Yeah, it was like a new world order. Everybody's trying to stay young thing, right? Riot till we die. Riot till we die. We're born to fight. We go all night. We're riot till we die. Right. Well, I think the most surprising thing coming out of all this was the implication of, of Je- Jeffrey Webb. That, that That is really, really surprising to me. You and I have had him on our program, and both, I think, felt, not to speak for you, but I felt like this was a second coming for the... You probably uh, already I, know about Sorry about that. Go ahead. Yeah, we kind of felt like this was the second coming of of uh, someone that could bring about change in CONCACAF. And he's had a lot of public th- uh, public, I would say, support for the changes that he's brought in since he's committed CONCACAF. That mm-hmm. was a really, really surprising one for I me. I was and surprised so, by that, yeah. Right now, who's flying the ship in CONCACAF? Uh, they have elevated a Honduran gentleman, Hawit, Havit, something like that. Yeah. I don't I don't know him. With a Gold know. Cup of, what, a couple of months away, a month away? This is going to be an interesting story. I mean, obviously, interesting. I'm not that that's hyperbole right there, but I, I'm I'm excited to see what's going to come up next. I'm even excited when I start reading the uh, the um, the 538 kind of articles about what it would take for the for certain branches to to basically end FIFA altogether. How many countries make up what kind of percentage of the GDP? Um, like uh, viewing audience. Yeah, There's some that, really yeah. cool articles out there right now. If like Nate Silver, that's the one I'm talking about right now fantastic stuff out there cnn has one right now too about what it would need are you in the let's just end fifa camp or does the world need fifa i don't know that the world the world needs organization i mean the soccer world needs organization for things like the world cup the problem is you end fifa you end the world cup that's it it's done there is no more world cup you have to find a new way to organize and then 
who knows how long that takes for everybody to come to the table, sit down, figure out who gets what share of, of things and who votes for what and blah, blah, blah. And then you've got something else in, you know, tw- tw- 12 years and they call it, I don't know, the, 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 the cup, the earth cup or something, the cup of earth. I, I don't know. You know what I'm saying? Like it's going to, because the world cup is a FIFA property. If you kill FIFA, FIFA will try to chuck along anyway. It's not like they're going to disappear altogether. I don't know how you completely break them up. Yeah, it reminds me of when the IndyCar circuit like uh, split a few years back, and the Indy 500 had to stay with the IndyCar name, right. but the Champ cars was the new version of that, and they had every other race basically. It was it's a really weird thing. Eventually, they end up re- coming back together again and resolving their differences, and now the Indy 500 is back with the Indy cars. But it's a very very scary thing to think about. But if you think about how much UEFA, the US, Japan, Brazil, the countries that are on board for this how much money they control in all this. Everyone keeps saying, change the money, and the, and the organization will change. Well, we control the money between UEFA, US, Japan, Brazil. That's, if we want to make a change, all we have to do is look at ourselves. Yeah, I, I agree with that. I mean, it's, it's scary, though, don't you think? I mean, don't oh, you think it's, it's scary? absolutely scary. I mean, the thought, what we're, what we're basically saying is, in order to change FIFA... We're going to commit to probably not being in the next two World Cups. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And, and, and how damaging. This is why I think Sunil Galati was so committed to the working from the inside thing and why he was pushing for Prince Ali and why he was claiming, while, uh, why he was claiming that uh, the vote was going to be closer than people thought. Because I think he desperately wants to keep the U.S. in play because the World Cup is so important to the growth of the sport here, our participation, and because, and also because maybe hosting it one day if, you know, everything went well. Um, and because, you know, going out on your own requires you have to have partners. Otherwise, you're isolated 100%. And suddenly, you know, it is just about the league. And then, then if FIFA decides we're going to, um, you know, we're, we're invalidating, um, you know, our sanction of your league, you're going to have a mass exodus of players who are with countries who are still part of FIFA and want to play in World Cups. Yeah, those do nationals that we've been doing so well with getting, they're not coming. No, to I don't. I don't just mean those people. I mean MLS players, international players who play for countries that if that those countries don't leave FIFA, and not everybody will, they have an opportunity to play in the World Cup. But if they're playing in an unsanctioned league, yeah, people, they can't play in MLS. They can't, so. they can't play in MLS, and that's a disaster for MLS. But if the, the U.S. would never go this alone, first of all, that would also mean they wouldn't be able to play in any UEFA club, and that's the bigger well, draw. Well, if UEFA pulled out, here. if UEFA pulled out, you're right. And but the, that's the key thing. I think it was eighty percent of players in the last World Cup or something like that played it for UEFA clubs. Yeah, seventy something percent. That was in that yeah. uh, that Nate Silver piece. If UEFA does pull out, that's the key. I mean, that's the key to the whole thing. Now, I just read today. Now it was the Daily Mail, so you know, make of that what you will. But I did see today that there's claims that several big European countries actually defied UEFA's call to vote for Prince Ali and voted for Blatter for whatever reasons. I mean, remember, the French have direct ties to the Qataris over yeah. uh, over PSG's ownership and investment in that country. And obviously Russia's not voting with UEFA. Yeah, of course Russia's not. We all know Pla- uh, uh, Putin is all, all about Sepp Blatter. They're boys for some reason. Um, so he gave him a World Cup. I, I, well, I know that. I mean, obviously that's what it is. But And in Russia... That's the thing. Could FIFA have? Could FIFA start World War Three, Jared? <laughs> wow, that soccer really does rule the world. Yeah, absolutely. You want to hear Jack Warner talk about the? That's onion? that's Tony Bravo's mission to, to stop, stop World, World War Three because Russia's pissed that the United States went after FIFA executives with an investigation of corruption. Yeah, let's see if I can get. I, I'm going to cue this up here. It's a couple seconds ahead of where Jack pulls out the onion. So let's see what he says. Have a right to the World Cup, and since they couldn't get the World Cup. In fact, as you say, since they haven't gotten it as yet, they did not take the, the Summer World Cup, Summer World Cup 2015, from the very same organization okay. that they're accusing of being corrupt. All right. Jack is a little tough to understand sometimes. He's got that uh, patois going on, uh, the Trini patois, but it, he does pull hold up a <laughs> something about the U.S. being awarded, the whatever. It's the onion. It's hilarious. Uh, we can move on from this. I just think that, again... We gotta, we gotta get out. We gotta put our heads together. Well, let's talk about a roster of players that are not going to play in the 2000, uh, 2016, sorry, two thousand eighteen World Cup. A roster? You mean if the, if the U.S. pulled out or if the U.S. Yeah. pulled out? No, I just said, listen. At this point, I don't know if these guys are even going to. How would the players feel? Uh, do you think players are going to be? Let's get on the right side of history, or I want to play in a World Cup. I don't know. I, I don't know. I mean, I think that's the thing. The, the, the player's voice is kind of out of this. I mean, here, I'll use this to, as the entry point to my, 
my TV appearance since we since you mentioned it earlier on Friday, uh, Friday night, I was asked to do a television hit from D.C. for this network that, you know, I said yes to this before I, uh, I looked up the network and I'm, it's not a problem. I don't like feel bad about it, but it is a little weird. So well, it's China. It's because it's Chinese state TV like that. Who chi- the Chinese state owns the the network, which I didn't realize. I mean, yeah, again, but you know what? Now I think about it, first of all, it was CCTV. And yeah, for all the times I've pirated CCTV in the age of streaming before we could get games, I you owe them this. Oh, I didn't realize that was a thing you did. Oh yeah, you never watched a CCTV like illegal stream to watch oh, a game. Oh no 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 no. See here we go. This no why? What what games does CCTV have? Back in the day before you could watch soccer like all the time as easily as we do now, China always had rights and you could you could just watch oh, their stuff online. I, I didn't realize that. Maybe maybe that okay, fine. Fair enough. You're right. We we owe we owe CCTV. This is like their Americas outlet, so it's all focused on the Americas. The host well, of this show, we call way, it, maybe we can call it even for all of the uh, debt we owe them too. The others that, well, okay, yeah. So let's wipe out our debt. Thank you very much. Um the uh, the show was called The Heat, which, you know, just come on. That's crazy. That's great. Um, it's the, it's a new show, not necessarily a soccer show or a sports show. I go in there. It's, uh, you and Sandra Bullock. It's on New York Avenue in DC. I mean, they saw, you know, you just go up to the floor that they're on and they have a, uh, I walked in the studio and it's just, you know, it's just this sort of big empty looking space except for all that set stuff. There's like mm-hmm. four people total in the room. Uh, including me and the host. The host is a very nice guy, uh, Nathan King. I thought I think his name Seemed was knowledgeable as well. Yeah, well, he, well he's obviously English, and I uh, mentioned that I think uh, um, uh, Brentford is his team. Brentford just missed out on being uh, promoted to the Champions League. They lost to Middlesbrough in the in the. Cha- in the uh, Are they the one that's the playing the Moneyball style? They may be. I, I have to go back and look. I don't know. They were they were definitely a small club. It was going to be a big deal if they made the Premier League. Uh, sort of life changing. Middlesbrough is a much bigger club historically. So Middlesbrough get, gets by, but he he mentioned that he's like he said, "Can we call it football?" You know, we have a we have a very international audience. I was like, "Yes, call it football." I have no problem with that. Whatever. Of course. Um, then they had the woman who I I was kind of amazed. I was on a show with her. She was legitimately the whistleblower, the, the whistleblower over Australia's dirty bid i mean that's the thing about it's not she's the one that reported the envelope of money right she was reporting uh yeah some envelopes some crazy stuff australia hired this sort of fifa fixer guy who has a reputation of just knowing everybody being the guy Mm -hmm. to grease the wheels he's the one that orchestrates the meetings that lead to the 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 bags of cash that jack warner got in trouble for giving out um a couple years ago when ben hamam was was still in the race to to replace bladder in 2015 yeah Uh, so she was there she had trouble with her audio and and it was it was I mean it was cool I mean I thought I'd be nervous I really wasn't. Um, it was I just fun. say this I was proud for you. I appreciate that, but I'm just you know. And, and first of all, and I think you did a very good. Uh, it was a very good. I, I think you had a very very good uh, appearance on the on the show, and I thought it was a it was a knowledgeable uh, it was a knowledgeable exchange on both sides. Finally, when her audio did get to work, I thought yeah. she had some very good things to add. Absolutely, as well. absolutely, she did. She uh, she knows what she's talking about. She's seen the, the all that stuff from the inside. Um, now, I would have worn a Chuck Blazer t-shirt if I was in his butt. <laughs> I mean. I'm not sure I could have gotten away with that, but that would have been amazing to rep Chucky B on uh, on uh, international television, on the heat, on CCTV America. Um, yeah, and hopefully those things are flying off the shelves at backhill.com. I don't know why they wouldn't be. You need How to do you yourself. not want to have a Chuck Blazer t-shirt with CONCACAF like, tattooed across his knuckles, like blinging it up? You know what we need, though? And I don't know why we didn't conceive of this. And huh. we, we will absolutely 100% source t- T-shirt ideas. We are happy to give you credit. If you come up with an amazing one, I might even buy it, my, buy it myself and send it to you. If you come up with an amazing idea for a design. But we don't we need one with Chuck, with Chuck Blazer's head and Jack Warner's head? And it's like the Chuck and, and Jack show or Jack and Chuck show. Like, Don't we need something like that? Like, yeah, let's see how it, I'm not sure how we would work it. You have to have an, have an iconic like twosome that maybe yeah. like on the a, a cover like one of the like iconic um, Simon and Garfunkel covers, and you just put their like faces over like their <laughs> them in their sweaters. Yeah, uh, we well, I mean, we need so I think I'm thinking of more or more like you have DJ Jazzy Jeff and Fresh Prince, something like that. I was actually thinking more along the lines of. Uh, you know, it doesn't have to be a rap album, but certainly that's uh, what would tend to lead to some cash. I think it's got to be an '80s hip hop album where it's like Dookie chains and stuff yeah, like that. It's got to be cash involved. Like I want stacks, like stacks on stacks on stacks, right in the general. Oh, you like, want I like want, Cash Money Millionaires? Yeah, 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 exactly. Though. That's what I want. I want so I want some Cash Money Millionaires. No limit. Yeah, that's exactly right. Like, give me some. 
give me some of that give me some of that dirty south new orleans stuff absolutely we do that uh we'll come up with some other stuff certainly it's got to be a we i don't know why we don't have a sep shirt but we'll come up with something actually the, the, the we should just call the caribbean the new dirty south uh, <laughs> apparently apparently that's what they do all right so like that's that's essentially fifa i mean we can come back to it later on but there's a lot of stuff right now i mean i put together this is more of an outline than we had in weeks, Jared. I put together yeah. an outline. Got FIFA off the top. We don't uh, even have the under twenty World Cup anywhere in here. I know. I didn't put I forgot to put that in here and I was thinking about it today. By the way, the United States beat Myanmar two one on Friday night. Not the best uh performance, but they did get the win. Although Maki Tall is injured and will miss six to eight weeks. He was a big contributor to that team. So that's a Shellis Hinman comes into the rescue on that game. Yeah, Emerson Hyman comes to the rescue. Shellis Hinman. Wow, did I say Shellis Hinman? <laughs> Um, we've at the U23s in Toulon, France. They lost to France with a terrible first half, three to one. They beat mm. the Netherlands. I can't remember the scoreline of that game was. But it was decent though. Played relatively well, and then they lost to Costa Rica. So two one to Costa Rica. So that's not that's not the greatest performance. And you got uh, Andy Herzog trying to work some stuff out. Jordan Morris apparently playing very well though. Everybody loves that. Um, we've obviously got MLS to talk about tonight. Orlando's stadium deal coming down on Friday, Jared. I didn't even know about that until I was on the air doing a Rabble TV broadcast. That was really under the radar with all the other headlines going on at the time. Absolutely. Um, so, yeah, and I, as I mentioned, MLS, we're going to have to do, because I got a new drop I want to inaugurate tonight for one of those MLS goals, and we got a bunch of old babies to hand out. I feel like that's absolutely not 100% necessary. But I think first we should probably do the U.S. Men's National Team, though. There right? you go. Look at you. Picking up, picking up the baton as I leave off the only thing that's... Uh, it's almost that's like we've been doing this for a while. Bigger than all of that, it is the United States Men's National Team roster for a couple of friendlies. June 5th, which is Thursday against uh, the, ne- the Netherlands in Amsterdam, and June 10th against Germany in Cologne. Uh, your we can go over the actual list, but before you get to that, the couple of names missing. Uh, no, Clint Dempsey. Apparently, he's got a kid coming. Fourth, by the way, my boy's getting it done. Yeah. Um, no, Jeff Cameron. Just a bunch of like little injuries he's dealing with after the end of the Stoke City. By season. the way, the only time you should be having four kids is if you have Clint Dempsey money. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, be responsible, people. Use birth control. Prophylactics. Yeah. Do that. Yeah. Uh, get your pets spayed. The more you know. <laughs> this has been <laughs> this has been a public service announcement from the best soccer show. Um, no Matt Beasler, no Omar Gonzalez, who's not injured by the way. Did play. I that. find that one actually pretty surprising. Now Omar Gonzalez, you can say up and down over the last year or so, last four months since MLS started. I think he's been pretty locked down, one of the better defenders in MLS. Yeah, no, uh, no Benny Fellhaber. Oh, that's although that's no surprise to me. Certainly people are saying, oh, he's played very well. He deserves to be in this team. In, in, in an altruistic world, Benny Fellhaber should be on this team. I mean, Lee Wynn not on this team. Obviously, we're going through some injury stuff right now, too, so that's probably why. But I, I, the Benny Fellhaber one is just Klinsman and Benny Fellhaber just are like oil and water. Yeah, I guess so. I guess you so. hear reports behind the scenes. I mean, I don't know if you've all heard. I've heard them from reporters in the past that have good ends with Benny Fellhaber saying that they're going all the way back to, I believe it was the Panama game, like years ago at the Gold Cup, I believe, or something like that, or, or as a tune-up for the Gold Cup, that there's been heat between the two of those, all yeah. leading all the way back to then. I don't expect to see Benny Fellhaber at any point. On yeah, this I team. don't think this is necessarily about his play at all. I think it's 100% a personality clash. And this, these things happen. I mean, I'm, not, I'm not saying that Klinsman's right to leave Fellhaber off. Because they don't get along, or because they have some, they had. Some if Lennon Donovan can be a casualty to the Klinsman experience, Benny Fellhaber have no problem being a casualty as well. Yeah, absolutely, that's very, very true. All right, um, let's see. Uh, those are the only names. Those are the big names I have left off. You may have a couple others. Let's do this. I would say maybe. Okay, you want to go from the from the back? No, no, no. If you have a, if you have an omission that you want to identify, go and ahead. listen, this is going to be a contentious one. But if you kind of take past history out of it and just look at who the person is right this moment charlie davies okay yes charlie davies not included in this team but that's and it's another one of those things where it's he hasn't been in the team in a very very long time it's entirely based on whether or not is bobby wood really playing better to look. than uh, than, good, than, than, than uh, charlie davies what i will say is that if Klinsman is making is cultivating bobby wood for the next three years then yeah i get why you're calling him up if you try to get the best team ready for the gold cup you're bringing Charlie Davies in. Yeah, well, okay. Let's, Especially if you may not have Josie Altador for the Gold Cup. Um, right, but uh, you know, there's a couple of other things to consider. I mean, remember that these games are not happening during a break when MLS is stopping. So the, all of these guys are going to be gone from their, 
from their teams for next weekend's matches. So you think he doesn't want to hurt both? No, you uh, position with both Agudelo and th- that would Trent be that would be that would be really unfair to the Revs next weekend if they were missing both Davies. It's international soccer. I know, I, I know, and and really, if you're Tally Davies, you obviously don't want. So if that's the case, is that why Omar Gonzalez isn't getting caught in? I don't know, maybe, but I, I don't, I don't know. I mean, Jossie's artist is obviously going. So let, let's get. I don't to think this. there's any team in here with two players. We're all Salt Lake, and that's with uh, Ramondo and Kyle Becker. Right. Let, let's get to this. All right. So your goalkeepers, Brad Guzan, Nick Ramondo, William Yarborough. The thing about this to point out is that despite the fact that Brad Guzan was sort of sat down at the end of Aston Villa's season, didn't play in the FA Cup final on Saturday, and was really bad down the stretch for them, he has been named the starter into the Gold Cup by Jurgen Klinsmann. That's out there. He said that. I, I don't think that's... He, do you expect him to be the starter for the World Cup? Yes. So he's your starter now. I mean, you've you got to start establishing that rhythm. I mean, who knows if Tim Howard's ever coming back. I mean, you got to make, start making plans now for three years from now. And if it's Brad Guzan, then you pull the trigger and you make him the starter. Nick Romano may be the more informed keeper right now, but at some point, you got to pick a horse and run with it. Right, exactly. And, and, I, and I think that, you know, you have to show Guzan the trust. He's got the talent. There's no doubt about that. He's got the talent to be the number one. You hope that he's going to come out of this rough patch and, and he'll be fine. There's really nowhere else to go right now. Uh, Nick Romano is a fine keeper. I, I mean, maybe in a Gold Cup, sure. But, you know, as we roll through into qualifying in the next year, by the way, Copa America looking dicey right now. But, you know, there's other things on the horizon. And you're trying to get to the point where Braguzon is, is likely to, going to be your 2018 number one. Why not get that process started now, especially as Tim Howard has stepped aside for the time being? Yeah, and as we get into defenders right here, I'll go and read them off because I did have a name on this I wanted to mention. Um, Ventura Alvarado, John Brooks, Timothy Chandler, Brad Evans, Michael Rosco, Fiscal, oh, or Michael Rosco, depending on how you want it, Brick Shea, hold on. and DeAndre Yedlin. Wait, hold on. Michael freaking Rosco Fiscal? I'm going to let that opportunity pass me by. Go ahead. Where's Greg Garza? Uh... Yeah, where is Greg Garza? He's not here. I, I don't know. know. Maybe he's nursing injury with Tijuana. I'm not positive. I don't know if he's played in there uh, down the stretch during the end of the Mexican club season. But um, if all things being considered, that's kind of surprising to me not to see him come in. Now, granted, you do have Fabian Johnson brought in this team listed as a midfielder. And you do have Breck Shea listed as a defender here, even though he's been playing the vast majority of the recent games for Orlando City as a midfielder. Yeah, I think he's still a defender in Klinsman's mind, Breck Shea. I think that's but he's not a better cl- defender than Greg Garza, right? No, he's not. But he's obviously going to be your left back starter for both these matches um in, in terms of if you want to do this real quick um again it's two games he could rotate a little bit we'll see what's your what's your back four look like uh i'm gonna go with uh alvarado and brooks with um with uh Dion, oh man timothy chandler and deandre yedlin on the outside backs okay i actually think it's gonna end up being breck shea and probably Yedlin out of this group, but I could see Timmy Chandler starting on the right. Uh, let, me, let me do a quick uh, little uh, little uh, depth game with you here. We'll, we'll call it a pick your poison. We can do it that all way. All right, all right. Le- Le- Breck Shea as a left back, okay? Your depth on this. Breck Shea or Fabian Johnson? If Fabian Johnson didn't play anywhere else, he'd be ahead of Breck Shea, sure. Okay. Breck Shea or... Brad Evans. Uh, Breck Shea. Breck Shea or Timothy Chandler? Breck Shea. Breck Shea or Greg Garza? Greg Garza. So basically you have two guys that had DeAndre Yedlin or Breck Shea? At right back? Left back? Left back. Breck Shea had DeAndre Yedlin at left back. But Just because he's left footed? Because, well, I don't, want, I don't want DeAndre Yedlin at, with his defensive improvement slash liability uh, and and what he can do with his right foot on the right side. I don't want him on the left side. He's going to be a disaster over there. I just think, yeah, okay. Uh, so basically you have Fabian Johnson and uh, Greg Garza ahead of him who's not in this team. So basically Breck Shea is your default left back behind Fabian Johnson in terms of depth for you. Yes, I would guess. Man, I guess. That's scary. Well, I mean, I, I you do... Okay, well, we can continue on. We can spend a lot of time on every position, but there, you know, again, the thing is fluid. Unfortunately, the whole situation with all these positions seems to be pretty fluid. I just think Breck Shea's playing a lot better as a midfielder for Orlando City. They go pigeonhole him as a left back. Now, granted, if you well, just, you just don't have a lot of left backs, you you're expecting to get a lot going forward for him. And granted, if Fabian Johnson is playing ahead of him, the interchange there is going to be really nice. But I like the Fabian Johnson DeAndre Yendlin dynamic that you usually get on the right hand side. 
Yes, right, exactly. Right, let's let's go into the midfield here. Kyle Beckerman, Michael Bradley, Dix Dix Miscarud. Uh, that's a SAP call out. Miguel Ibarra, Fabian Johnson, Jermaine Jones, Alfredo Morales, and Danny Williams. Um, you know, Beckerman, no uh, no problems there. Bradley Discrude, he's not playing well right now for NYC. I don't, I don't think he starts in in these games. You're playing too good a competition I, I, over the next I mean, couple of games. You got two revs. Maybe that's why you don't bring Lee Wynn. We know Benny Failhower is on the Lee Wynn wasn't going to get a sniff. No, but it, I, it's just not. It's not. It, listen, if he was, there's going to be a 15 minute sub at the end of the game. Right, but I th- but I'd rather have Lee Wynn in my team right now than to mix Discrude. I just would. Yeah, yeah. Don't wrong. He's a difference maker. That's what I love about Lee Wynn. But uh, let's say if Michael Bradley was to go down, do you want Lee Wynn or you want Miss Dixerud? If if what now? Michael Bradley was to go down in a game, would you want Mix Discrude or Lee Wynn? <sighs> Mix Discrude, I guess. Okay. Yeah. See, I think granted you have Kyle Beckerman as a backup. I think this is going to be a Michael Bradley, Jermaine Jones uh, midfield. Granted, the, Jermaine Jones has been playing center back quite a bit. When neither of us brought him up as a center back tandem option for the U.S. national team. I think in this game, given the competition that's out there and one of the teams being Germany, I think you want Michael Bradley and Jermaine Jones as a bucket midfield, playing a two in front of, behind a three-man midfield in front of it for a five-man midfield total. I think you play Michael Bradley and Jermaine Jones there. Or maybe you go full on and you go Kyle Beckerman, James Jones, Jermaine Jones behind Michael, Michael Bradley, Bradley plus yeah. two. Yeah, actually, I could, just could see that. I am Mikkel Morrison and Paulson Diskure. Uh, and mean, that may be the actual lineup that the U.S. used used um, against Germany in the World Cup, if I remember correctly. Yeah, I have to go back and look at that. Uh, Alfredo Morales is is interesting. Um, you know, he's obviously a younger player coming up at Ingolstadt in the second division. Danny Williams has played his way. Surprised not to see Alejandro Bedoya. Yeah, he's not in this team. Where is he? It's good. That's another. That's another big omission. And his season is over. He's got nothing else going on. Why is he? Why isn't he in this team? I don't make. I don't. That doesn't make a lot. So of sense. you got to figure Fabian Johnson's going to be on one wing, playing both ways. Um, who's going to be on the other wings? Alfredo Morales, Miguel Ibarra, M- M- Miguel Ibarra, maybe. But do you bring Giassi Zardes back into midfield? As because you you're going to play one striker then, but you only have one power striker in this whole lineup, and that's Giassi Zardes, who can probably hold up the ball. Yeah, but he's not even. I wouldn't even call him adept at it necessarily. He's just. The I best think he's of, done really well this season. I granted against the likes of the, the Netherlands and, and Germany. I don't. I don't know if that's going to be the case. But I, I would say maybe you pull Jesus in, into midfield and you play one. I mean, see Aaron Johansson up top. But Aaron Johansson, we've always said, we feel is the type of striker that needs a compliment, right? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, he's, he's the off striker. Yeah, he, can't, he can't be up there by himself. Not with this system. Not with the way the United States tends to play the ball. I so with the strikers, Dan, Juan Acudelo, Aaron Johansson, Bobby Wood, Giassi Zardes, who's your one if you're agreeing on a five-man midfield? Who's your one? If we're going with one, I guess it's I guess it's Zardes. I could see Agudelo, you know, being somewhat effective in that situation, but he likes to drift wide, and you you need that guy to stay central. So I don't I don't know. I don't know. It's real. It's real tough. I can see Juan Agudelo drifting into a, a a midfield role, even on one Maybe. of those two wings. So Juan Agudelo in the Teal Bunbury role, essentially. Yeah. 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 Okay. I could see that. I could see something like that. There's your, there's your roster for these two friendlies as uh, the United States gets ready to to go into the Gold Cup again. I mean, we've identified some of the missing players. I can't believe I forgot about a, a, a Bedoya. I, I really don't understand that unless he's also one of those guys who's just recovering from a long season. <laughs> could be. He played more minutes abroad than many other guys. Yeah, he did. He played a lot of minutes um, for Nantes in, in France, and they obviously. Had but he's some... the type of player you probably do want in these games because he's industrious. He's going to work. He's got one of the best work ethics out there. He never stops running, and that might be the problem and reason why he may need a rest at the end of the European season. All right, let's move on quickly because I want to get to some MLS. We're probably not going to get to everything if we don't get to your team's games. Wah wah wah! I'm sorry, it's just the way things go. Uh, but before I do that, Jared, you you mentioned that the story that was under the radar on Friday, and that was Orlando's announcement they're going to privately finance. Their stadium. They're going to bump up capacity from nineteen thousand to twenty five to twenty eight. Um, this is going to be wholly owned by the team and, and their owners, not by the city as was originally planned. Um, it sounds like they're going to dump some money into this, and we're going to get sort of a sporting uh, a sporting park in Florida. Uh, and I think that's so. A, my question is, why wasn't this the plan from the first place? Then why do why do why does American sports always do this thing where we have to ask for for public money first? I don't know. Because, and then well, owe someone something. And well, then have all the turmoil that comes with it. I, I, I get that, that no one wants to put up their own money. But for soccer, I mean, you see, it's always one of the first fundings to get pulled. When things about go bad in the city, we're going to pull the soccer stadium's funding. 
You know, yeah. granted, if you had the money right from the start, do it right. Yeah, I, 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 I think that this is the solution most people want to see. I, I don't really know all of the ins and outs. I mean, you know, look, it's easy to say that a, a rich owner should pay for a stadium it, 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 when it's not your money. I, I'm, not, I'm not suggesting that's not the but right thing. I think thing it makes, it, makes you in, more endeared to the fan base, too. No, sure, I think sure. the fan base wants this type of thing. Sure, but part of the problem is that we have a country that is that has a tradition of giving tax breaks and, uh, and and doing things to to facilitate business right so you know somebody made the point that if a, if a walmart goes into a town they get tax breaks they get the land for cheap there, there are things that are given to that walmart because of the uh because of the addition to the economy that they are that what what an, uh, a sports team doesn't get the same consideration? I I don't know if that's right or wrong. I'm just saying that that's There's out there. There's a difference between tax breaks and telling Walmart telling you you got to build it for us. No, I know that, but I, that wasn't the case here. But they did have a thirty million dollar gap. They filled it. They they're doing the right thing. They're building a stadium. It's great. Well, all I can say is it's great. It is great. I, I'm happy for them. I'm stoked that this is going to be bigger capacity. It's going to hopefully have more bells and whistles. And Orlando deserves that. What we've seen from Orlando so far as a fan base, they deserve this. They've come out in droves. They've consistently supported their team. And I'll even say that I think the organization has done a very good job putting a good product on the field. And I think they, they have, they have the very, good embers of a of a fire going there and i think if they can get this part right like you said i think you nailed you hit it the nail right on the head when you talked about sporting park all they did was feed a fire that was already going they got a lot of things right in terms of how they changed the image how the direction they went you know with new ownership i think that it was a fantastic move and you see kind of those same things happening right now in orlando and you don't want any of that stuff to get snuffed out now the problem the only thing is now how long till they can get it built are there going to be any delays? Can they bring this in on time? I know I'm playing. Yeah, let's, uh, let's move on to some MLS action from the weekend. A game that I watched and uh, talked about on uh, Ravel.tv, Jared, was um, Sporting Kansas City demolishing FC Dallas for nothing. Now, Fabian Castillo didn't play. He was injured. Um, but FC, and FC Dallas lost Zach Lloyd because the guy just uh, just went mental. Two two yellow card uh, offenses in the first And by the half. way, your boy Matt Hedges? No, nah, absolutely. The man got turned. Yes, he did. He got he got abused by Christian Nemeth. He got turned Absolutely like a trick. Abused. It was really. It was really. That's just not appropriate. Jay Rodius. That's really not appropriate. I don't know. What, I don't know what's wrong with you, man. I actually should have played this one instead. Damn, dog. That's inappropriate. But Sporting Kansas City looking pretty good um, with those uh, and, those and four Nemeth goals. Nemeth was the pimp. Yeah, he was. Uh, he was pretty good. Um, so we got FC, uh, FC Dallas kind of full, you know, fading a bit. They, they've had another stretch where they went draw, loss, loss, which is what they had over the last three. So it's not, it's not a disaster yet, but they have a, they have a tradition of starting okay, starting good, as a matter of fact, do. and then folding a little bit and going into the summer skidding. They cannot afford that. They need to get Fabian Castillo back in that lineup. And start clicking. I'm not going to draw any conclusions now because obviously, like you said, Fabian Castillo not in the the lineup. And I think that matters. But does it matter four goals? I don't think so. Mm-hmm. But listen, I, I, I'll, I'll say it again. When Mario Diaz was out last year, Dallas hit a skid. Fabian Castillo's out right now. This doesn't look so good. It's one game. It's not. It's a couple games, maybe not quite the direction they want to go. But... I'm going to hold off right now, but they, it does bear mentioning, as you said, this is what they do. And we can say the same thing about Montreal. Montreal is doing okay right now. They, it's really tough. They only they have less games played by a large margin than anyone else. Hard to kind of judge what they've done so far. But Dallas, I, I yeah. start to get worried. Well, it, you know, it looks even worse when, and I know they went to Montreal. And that's a tough trip for everybody. But you went to Montreal and you get beat by Montreal when everybody's not sure how good that team is. Yeah. And then Montreal goes to Chicago and gets walloped three um, nothing on Saturday with uh, Kennedy Abogunike. Abogunike? It's it's where it's not that you're close, but I think that's exactly Abogunike. Abogunike. Harry Ship with a with a great goal for him. I don't know if he does other kinds. No, I think that's all he scores is great goals. Speaking of of great goals and speaking of an amazing performance, setting those goals up. My, uh, Jovinko is legit. I mean, there is. Uh, we knew this already. We knew he was talented, but we. It, it, it may be the steal of MLS ever. You, you know, think? getting him. Yeah. It, the, you know what? If they, I think it depends on what they do. 
I think it depends on how their season plays out. But right now, looking at it, and you know, Toronto have seen the thick of things. The East is is parity heavy. Uh, it's going to be tough, but the, the, I think they have the they obviously have the talent to do it. But if you look at it right now, he's he's on the MVP shortlist, absolutely, yep. and they are, he is transcendent. They have no Josie out the door today, and all he does is take over. And I, what and, you're really starting to see is Michael Bradley and Giovinco linking up. And yeah. that's what really piques my interest when I watch this. You see that little tic-tac in the midfield to a long ball release from Michael Bradley to the feet of Giovinco. They're starting to find how to play. And when that, and I think for me watching Toronto, I was nervous early in the season seeing how far back Michael Bradley was playing in this. Yeah. And that, that there was a, it was drawing him way too far away from the front runners of the team. But now he's starting to find how Giovinco plays and what spaces he likes to operate into. And Michael Bradley can drop a ball on a dime. Yes. He so did. Yeah, he because did. he yeah. has that ability and as they start to realize where each other are in the field, you're seeing Michael Bradley pick out Giovinco in, tef- in, in dangerous positions. And then once Giovinco's there, good Lord, the guy's got skill and talent. Yeah. When you, it, Michael Bradley drops in a 40 yard, essentially a chipped pass, 40 yards. On to Giovinco's foot, or Giovinco's foot, and because Giovinco's got that skill, the ball, it's, it, you know, the, the first touch is impeccable. I don't on know a baby bounce. It, there's nothing there. The ball, the ball sticks to his foot. He, you know, he, he creates space. He plays the ball across. He's goal. able to make Warren Craval look good. <laughs> that was quite the, quite the goal by Warren Craval. It was a great finish. I, you know, I, I could be doing this. A million times to the, tonight, and I probably will a couple more times, but I don't want to overuse. I, I think ahead. definitely probably the leader this season uh, for the MVP race. I would say Kai Kamara's up in that range, too. He's I, doing you know some what? really good things with Columbus. Just we'll to, talk about that in a second. Well, but. just to go back to FC Dallas, I had Castillo at the top of my list for a while, and now I'm not so sure he's he's up there. I mean, he's still he has a great to, year. He has to be a game changer. I, 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 actually, I'm going to rephrase that. He is a game changer. He needs to be the consistent power of that team. Yeah. Uh, and he's not that yet. Uh, he's okay. not the guy the team looks to. Mark well, Hughes is still the guy the team looks but, to. But, well, okay. In order for him to be MVP, maybe, but he doesn't need that for the team to be successful. He can be the 1A tomorrow. Diaz is one and they can win games and that's fine. That's a different thing for FC Dallas. All right. Let's move it. But you around. ask quite, you wonder though, who, okay, which Giovinco is definitely more important to his team though than Fabian Castillo is, correct? I don't know. I don't know if that's true. Can Toronto beat you without Giovinco? Yes. With Josie out there on the field, Michael Bradley on the field. Yeah, they oh, can. Maybe, man. I feel like Dallas is still a better team without Fabian uh, Castillo than they just Toronto got destroyed. is without Giovinco. They, they just got destroyed for nothing with no Fabian Castillo. It's one game. All right, fine, whatever. Uh, let's see. I'm looking at Vancouver 2, RSL 1, Gershon Kofi, Mr. Oh. Dubois. Oh, what a beautiful little hit. And we did, I just talked about baby bouncies. Remember when you used to play kickball and you'd ask a person to give you those little baby bouncies because when you catch it when it's like two inches off the ground oh, yeah. and you can point your toe and put it all the way through it, yeah. that kind of strike that Kofi hit is a type you don't even feel leave your foot. Yep. It feels so nice. Feels like air. Feels like you're just you're hitting air, Gershon Kofi. My man caught that perfect. Yeah, and uh, RSL still spiraling, and we'll see how far down they continue to spiral. New York City FC. One Houston Dynamo, one. I mean, right at this point, yeah. you take whatever you can get if you're NYCFC. A point at home, take whatever you can get if you're whatever. Houston. Well, maybe uh, I. I don't know. There was. Um, I, I'm stoked. Will Bruins has scored what in, in, twice in three games. That's 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 great. I mean, usually he's the guy who gets a goal, and then five games later he might give you one more. Or actually, he's the guy who gives you three, and then you don't hear from him for seven games. Yes, this is exactly right. That, that, so if they can get consistent production out of Bruin, listen, this doesn't qualify yet. But if they can, maybe they can do something there. But I'm just not excited about anything I see out of Houston. These yeah, days. and you know, um, I thought that red, I thought that uh, handball, not red card. I thought that handball was the right call. So I'm not sure if there's any con- uh, any controversy over that. But I thought it was the right call. David Villa with the penalty to give uh, NYCFC a point at home. DC, One thing I will say between yeah. these two teams, I probably would rather be NYCFC. Really? Because at least there's... Well, you know, I'm going to take that back. I forgot they have Kubo maybe coming. Yes. If Houston no, gets coming. Kubo Torres, that actually gets him arrive here and everything's legal free, then I want to be Houston. Yeah. But in the current scenario, I'd rather be NYCFC with Gerard... Not Gerard, I mean, Lampard coming in. Yeah, another game featuring a penalty. DC United 2, Philadelphia 1. Chris Rolf puts it away in the 85th to give 
DC United the the win and they stay atop the the Eastern Conference. I don't know if there's a lot to say. I still believe her in DC. I, no, I have to be because of where they sit in the standings, Jared. But I know, I know, but it just feels like it's always kind well, of this is what they are. They fingernail. are they are a team that knows how to get results in the regular season. They're going to be at the top of the East because the East is just really competitive with a couple yeah. of good teams. And we're going to come to NYC. Or we're going to come to the Red Bulls here in a couple minutes. Um, but DC United is not an MLS Cup team. They're a regular season team. And until yeah. I see some, another gear, something else, take they control, need a signing. I they th- need so. something special in that center of midfield. Yeah, I think that's probably true. Orlando 2, Columbus 2, Pedro Ribeiro. I'm going to give that man one of these. Oh, hold on. I just clicked the wrong thing. There we go. Oh, that was a nice hit from a young man who uh, may, may be a talent we don't know yet uh, a lot about because he didn't do anything really in Philadelphia, Jared. Yeah, but the real story coming from me out of this is the Ethan Finley broken toe. Yeah, that, yeah, that's bad. That is yeah. a big, big deal for 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 Columbus. They've had such a good thing going with Ethan Finley on one side of the field, Justin Miram on the other, and Iguain in the middle, tying it all together to tie Kai, Kai Kamara up front. It's maybe one of the better top fours in the league. And taking Ethan Finley out of that, I'm interested to see. That probably means Hector Jimenez is going to see some more time, gets an assist in this game. Um is he Ethan Finley though? No. Yeah. And that's, that's going to be a big hit for them. Mm-hmm. Um, hopefully he can get back quick. Tony Chani, obviously a good resource. They have one of the better teams in MLS. And I'm even going to say for the East, they have one of the better teams in the league. And I, I'm, I'm, I'm just bummed to see a piece of this hit the wall right now. And, yeah. uh, but it'll be interesting to see who can step up on this team. But once again, I think Orlando getting a good result against one of the better teams in the league, and no one's giving Orlando much love. And granted, they don't look that sexy right now, but 24 shots in this game. Yeah. Yeah. Did you, uh, what'd you make of the red card? Did you see it? I did not see it. Okay. I, I, I heard I about it. I didn't see it. I heard Michael Parker's had his hand next to his body. I did not get to see it. Okay. I, I think it's rough to give the double whammy on a handball in the box. I mean, the, the last man, or no, it's not last man, the, the, the denial of goal scoring opportunity red card and penalty if it's in the box is for me that seems like a it should be for a tackle yeah that's what i'm saying i don't know how you give now if it's an intentional handball and i grant it if you listen if you're calling it you're probably saying it's intentional but man if his his body if his arm was really next to his body as i've heard it described and i apologize i'm operating from a position of ignorance here but if it really was from next to his body I think it's a tough double whammy. Yeah, absolutely. I agree with you on that. Chicago 3, Montreal nothing. We mentioned this one already. Harry Ship with a very nice goal, and it just uh, the fire took took down a, a Montreal team that was that was rolling a bit. I'm not sure exactly what happened. I didn't get a chance to see a whole lot of that game, Jared. I, I think Harry Ship took over this game. Um, I, Mon- Montreal, I think you're going to see that they're going to ride a bit of a crest coming out of the Champions League, and they're still a good team. But are the team that over 30 games can afford to absorb the losses of Justin Mapp, you know, they, 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 I don't know if they have the depth to take the three, the two hits. They've lost uh, Porter as well so far this season. Mm-hmm. I don't know how deep they are and if they can keep going all the way through the season without maybe another signing or so. They do have talent. Absolutely, they have talent. But I don't know if they have 30-game consistent talent. Port, uh, Portland beats Colorado 2-1. Uh, the Timbers obviously underwhelming to a point, but then again, this is MLS, and you know you're never second really, win in a row too. You're never really too far off the playoff places, and sure enough, this win puts them in sixth place in the Western Conference. So I was surprised when I looked at that today. Yeah, were you? Because it feels like they're at the bottom of the table, doesn't it? And I honestly think they were. They have two results this week for right. six points. I think right. that's really moved them up a bit, and that's the case when you're earlier in the season like this, but. It doesn't feel like their season's been. Well, this just goes to show. Ignore the stand. Like seriously, ignore the standings. I know it's hard. I know you want to look at them. I know you want to use them as some sort of of, of barometer of how good te- or, or bad teams are. But you just can't because look, DC United's on top in the East. That's good for them. That's great. They uh, they're they're leading the league in points per game right now. But you know, a game or two, and suddenly they're not in first. Or you know, consider the fact that Montreal's only played eight times. Consider the fact that. Um, New York has two games in uh, in hand on both New England and DC United, and they're you know they're seventeen points. So I, you know and at the same time, does anyone really think that Columbus Crew is really the fifth team in the East? Right, exactly. I mean, if you're if you were going, if you're watching these games. Sure, I, I, right. I would still have Toronto behind Columbus, absolutely. And I brought. Oh I, man, I don't know. I I would put I would put Columbus three. Actually, really? I, I would put New England one. 
I would put New York two, I put Columbus three, Toronto four, and I put DC at five. That is rough, man. You were gonna get some. Sorry, I'm not a DC lover. I'm sorry. You know, this is not anything new. That that you just that's really just. Damn, we're talking about what my eyes see. I know, I know. All right, so we uh, let's see what else have we got here. I'm looking at uh, that's the Portland, Colorado. Just anything else to say about you know what that else? One? My eyes tell me, yeah, Seattle's far and away the best team in this league. Okay, well let's come to Seattle then. Sorry, Portland and Colorado really don't have a lot to say there. Uh, Colorado's just not a great team, not a very good team. Also, been playing without service. I the, think that's huge. The Seattle Sounders win two one over the New York Red Bulls. Uh, Clint Dempsey should have been, you know, should have had the goal, but ultimately Chad Barrett gets a little bit of a touch, so it's his goal. Uh, but regardless, three points for Seattle at home. In a game, honestly, Jared, let's be fair about this. The Red Bulls controlled that game for a lot of it. And I think. Yeah, Jared, but I think that's Seattle's game to a certain extent. They want to release quickly on the counter to, to Clint Dempsey and uh, Obafemi Martin's running. I think that's a bit their game. I guess, but you can't say. That their game, like you can't, you can't claim they're rope doping the Red Bulls at home. You can't do that. I don't think they're rope doping at home. I think they, the rope dope is what they do. I, I, I think about it. Do you think of any game where they have big possession advantages? That's not their game. No, no, I know. Having, it's not. having I know. Andy Rose and Osvaldo Alonso in the center of the field. That's not going to get you possession. That's going to get you ball winning. And that's what Seattle wants to do. Yeah, they want to win the ball while you're overextended and then push the other way as fast as possible. Uh, the Dempsey slash Barrett goal is the winner. But the first goal from, from the Seattle Sounders came courtesy of one Mr. Marco Papa. Yes, my man has gotten a drop on the best start. There is no higher... There is no higher award. Honor slash insult. Honor slash insult in American soccer than a drop on the best soccer show. By the way, which Boom. one is the oh, Michael Roscoe Fiscal these days? Which Honor one? or insult? Uh, Michael Roscoe Fiscal has always been an honor. I think. It's, if you remember correctly, that oh, drop no. came from a frustrated <laughs> fan. I know. He was not. Michael fucking Orozco Fiscal. He was not happy with Mr. Orozco, who by the, at that point was still going by Orozco Fiscal. And I'm going to say at this point, it posthumously, the Eddie, Eddie Johnson job is now a, a positive. Eddie, what have you done for me lately? Yeah, you just you, you get a little tear. It's iconic. You just get a little tear, don't you? Like just in the tear. corner. Just yeah, just, if pour some out for a homie. Just Eddie, man, I'm so sorry. I'm, I'm sad for Eddie Murphy too. Yeah, well, because well, his career. That man doesn't make good choices. That's not his, that's not anybody's fault, but his but own. But you just know, just come back and do some stand that's up, Eddie. Just, come on, that's just anyway. Um, all right, so we I got my eyes. We now come. <laughs> we now come to the last game of the weekend. We'll wrap up the show We're already in a little bit of extra time here. Um, New England Revolution 2, LA Galaxy 2, just a bunch of volume. Oh, just a bunch of those in this game. In a dirty, dirty game, An too. Ugly, Downpour on, on turf. Ugly game. Turf, just gross. And as a result, four players taken off for some type of injury in this game. Yeah, one of those players, the man who set up Jazzy's artist's goal, um, uh, Jose Villarreal, Villarreal uh, which granted, I don't know if it's turf related other than the fact that I doubt the the turf gives much when your shoulder plows into it. Uh, so it looks like he maybe either dislocated his shoulder or maybe maybe a fracture to the collarbone or something in that range. That's usually the type of injury you see with that. But also Jermaine Jones take him off in this game. That's a huge concern for the U.S. Yeah. That was bad. All, yeah. Uh, yeah. Also, uh, uh, Dan Gargan taken off in this game. There's been a few. Alan Gordon taken off with a with a, a tweak to his knee. These are some big things happening to two large teams, big players in this league, and LA particular is in a position where they can't afford to have any more injuries. Yeah, but um, but, but LA got an, a, a fantastic goal from from Nacho Maganto. A uh, great goal from him. Obviously, it's um, it's great for the Galaxy to see two homegrown players connecting. To get the second goal, you had Diego Fagundes with just uh, a sick free kick for the, for the Revolution. He needed that. Yeah, oh, absolutely. Well, yeah, he. Remember, we were talking about his his playing time. I mean, you know, that stuff kind of comes around in MLS. You, you got a lot of games. It, it's it's going to be tough. You know, you're going to have to rotate something. They're obviously going to be hit a period where you got international call ups. Uh, you know, Juan Agudelo is going to go for sure. Whether or not anybody else goes uh, is is up in the air. But I, I gave Will Parchman this pick your poison the other day. I want to see if you agree. So hit this up real quick. All right, let's do that. Poison, 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 poison. 
in terms of underutilized players right now in the league, who has more trade value, Kellen Rowe or Lamar Nagel? Mm, I'd say Kellen Rowe. I like Kellen Rowe's game just a little bit better than Lamar Nagel's. I think Lamar Nagel is a direct player. Uh, he's a physical player. He can he can do some nice things, but I like Kellen Rowe's vision. I think that that's what separates him. By the way, that's Will Parchman of Top Door, top door Soccer. Yes. What did he say? What was his answer? He said Kellen Rowe times 40. Okay, so I was right. <laughs> I'm glad that I got the back end. I'm glad I followed along with Will Parchman, who knows his soccer very, very well. By the way, I had the good fortune of being in Seattle for the game um, midweek uh, against Colorado. And I can tell you, first of all, Marco Papa was, I've been on fire for two games. He's just feeling it right now. Oh, yeah, also, we, didn't, we didn't get to. I should give the man uh, a belated. Oh, wait, hold on. No, he's got his own drop. That's a belated one for the right-footed back post curler. Curler, yes. I mean, great. And by the way, and I just want to take a few seconds. I know we're in extra time right now, but screw it. We're not up against a, like a draw, a commercial break or anything. Um, I want to say, <clears throat> and I think it's kind of rhetorical at this point, but Seattle really is getting it right up there. Okay. I mean, as a person like, listen, I drive to a stadium in the middle of Carson, California, outside of L.A., I go into a game, I get in my car, and I drive away. That's my soccer experience every time. I have 90 minutes in between that. Yeah. In the city of Seattle, the entire day I saw jerseys in that city. For three, four miles leading up to the stadium, all I see is jerseys walking up and down the streets in the bars. I mean, it, the march to the match. Was, I mean, listen, we know about the march to the match. That's great in itself. I can't tell you how much visibility that team has in that city. It's everywhere. But I do want to call out one person. Okay. I had some tour guide on my harbor cruise of Seattle. And he when he would drive by Century Link on the water, he tried to throw a fact out there that was incorrect. And I took everything I had not to walk up to him and correct him, saying that Seattle, home of the Sounders, were just a fact for you. We're the only team that sells out our games every week. That's not correct. No, that's not correct. <laughs> but I get what he's trying to say. He's trying to say they have the most attended yes, games. That's yes. that's absolutely correct. Yeah, absolutely. He is he's correct. But they're the only team selling out their their games. No, 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 absolutely not. There's uh there's a lot of teams selling out their games right now, and that's good for MLS. So it's good for the but future fantastic of MLS. CD. I wish I could have had time to go to Portland as well. And on the flip flip side of that, I can tell you, in two games in Vancouver, I didn't see one white caps jersey. Ooh, that's not good. I yeah, thought they were doing pretty well nothing. out there. I don't know. It's terrible. All right. We got anything uh, We got anything else here? I mean, I'm looking at the list. I think we hit I think we hit it all, right? I think that's it, man. I think so go, we, find, go find yourself some, some footage of Jason Davis talking on television. Yeah, it's somewhere out there. If, you miss, if we missed anything, hit us up on Twitter, at Best Soccer Show. We'll, uh, we'll happily cover it another day or uh, get you on Twitter. Uh, make sure you go to backhill.com slash store. There's a bunch of really cool stuff over there, including the, Ch- the Ch- Chuck Blazer baller t-shirt because the man was uh, baller for a long time. By the way, Netherlands and Germany. Two wins, two losses, two draws. What's it going to be? Two losses. I mean, I'm sorry. It's two losses. I feel the same way. Yeah, I don't know. It's just time. Well, hopefully that gets them ready for the Gold Cup. I mean, that's where it's important. All right, guys. We'll talk to you uh, next week. Bye. Playing hot dogs and donuts with two fangirls in the locker room. Jay Rodius.